Welcome to the Love Cars on the Grid podcast, your global motorsport roundup with me, Tiffany Dell and Paul Woodman. Welcome to Love Cars on the Grid, your global motorsport podcast roundup. What an incredible weekend of motorsport. There was motorsport from continent to continent, Formula One in Spain, IndyCar in the USA at Detroit, World Rally Championship in Italy, Sardinia. Uh, of course, there's WC at Le Mans. There's Formula E in Jakarta, Indonesia. World Superbikes in Italy. NASCAR in St. Louis in the United States. World GTs in France. BTC in Thruxton. You got the Ironman <laughs> TT race. We'll have a quick chat about as well. And of course, Caterham, which were in Zandvoort. So it was oh, of a course. proper international affair. Can you, can you add any international flair to that, Tiff? Well, I mean, before we get on this motorsport, I would like to point out, I think probably was the event globally of the whole year, and that was the West Dean Village Fate, opened by Tiffany Dell. I now pronounce our fate open. But amazing, this is incredible. It was a village fate that had an opening by some former Tom Gibbon Centre, and obviously love cars now, but we had a flyover by the Red Arrows <laughs> following, yes, and then a Spitfire came over about four o'clock. I don't know who's got contacts in the aviation world. I presume the Red Arrows were, were maybe practising their Bournemouth uh, parade for later in the year. But yeah, we had Red Arrows going over our village faith. Actually, I love village faith. They are so English and such. I think they're adorable. You know, little stalls. Of course, we had the, the falconry display and the sheep in the pen and the archery and the, the football. I mean, it's, I think this is brilliant. Love what are you doing English with the, village Hang on, faith. you're a traitor because you're Eastie, not Westie. I don't, sh- don't I know, which local enough to be invited. I think I, I, I've already opened the East Dean fate and the Lockley fate. All right, the last let's move years, on so. swiftly to Formula One because it was bloody amazing in uh, Barcelona. There was so much action going on. The weather helped to cause a bit of uh, action. And it was just, when did you start with the, uh, the the qualifying? Mercedes seemed to be back in it a little bit, which is good. But yeah, I know. Still another Max enough. masterclass. But I mean, it's, you say amazing, but again, the amazing was qualifying. I mean, this yeah. is the problem with Formula One. The race, to be honest, was a bit of a bore draw. I mean, apart from uh, George's fight up through the field from, what, 12th to 3rd, um, tremendous run by George. Um, but it's funny, these Mercedes, isn't it? It's sort of, they seem to muck up and then George has got a car that's undrivable and Lewis, I think, in a few times had an undrivable car. And yet their race pace, they seem to be able to get their act together. Because when those cars go to part firmly after qualifiers, they can't change that much, as far as I know. So I'm not quite sure... Uh, obviously, Leclerc, you know, he took his car to the garage, had a new rear end put on it because he thought it was handling so weirdly. So he started the pit lane. But uh, yeah, qualifying was exciting. The rain was around, the track was damp. Perez did another Perez and put it. I've said this so often this looking through the corner, they're obsessed with modern racing and you put the wheels on the curbs, which are still wet, and, and round he goes. You know, there's no grip on curbs when they're wet. But surely that's obvious with, with any car. Yeah. You put curbs on, on wet. You put wheels on wet yeah, curves. Yeah, but it surprises with them. It's this, it's this obsession with looking through the corner. So you, because you, a, it happens so fast, you almost need to look through. All these driving instructors and driver coaches are obsessed with you must watched... be looking through the corner. So obviously, you might drift slightly off easily. But if you've got your two wheels loaded that are on the tarmac, you're okay. But it's it's when you're loading the the, the wet well, yeah. curbs, then you're not okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that, I mean, well, let's oh, talk yeah. about let's talk about qualifying because uh, Charles had an absolute nightmare. His car did look it looked, yeah. looked really unstable, so he was out in P1, which is just incredible. And then two big names out in P2. We had uh, uh, Sergio Perez 
um, who I'll come on to in a moment. And George, and, and George, George Russell, of course. Yeah. In- incredible. So it left it And that, and that moment, that has, it, has it been explained yet how the two Mercedes clashed? I'm still not quite sure. They both appeared to be trying to start a fast lap. But then apparently George had backed off because his previous lap had been bad. And Lewis caught him. I mean, I don't know how... I mean, they're so on it with the radio. When you see them queuing up to start a lap, they're so precise, the engineers, with, you know, back off, back off, get a clear... I still for, those, for those of you that haven't up. seen it, it was the start of a... Uh, they were both going to start a flying lap and uh, George was overtaking a slower car, Ferrari, I think, pulled out a little bit and Lewis went into him at sort of almost yeah. 200 miles well, I think, well, George, George sort of had a slipstream from a, a car that was slowing in the middle of the track. So then it, when, when he'd had enough slipstream, he was going back to the left for the racing line. But then Lewis had this mega double slipstream and had decided to go past George on the left at that very moment. So, I mean... It, I mean, if, if Lewis thought George was going on to a fast lap, he shouldn't have even attempted it. But if Lewis thought that George was had ended a fast lap, I don't, I don't know how the confusion came. Well, but, what, um, what happened with uh, three big names going out and with with so much uncertainty, it meant that there were seven different manufacturers taking the top seven places on the grid, which is... Lando just, third. Lando oh, McLaren. I, I mean, know, who would have thought that? Where was Halkenberg? Well, Halkenberg seventh. So Halkenberg is doing an amazing job with the Haas. But um, in the race, it all fell apart, really, didn't it? Really. Oh, poor old Lando on the first lap. So again, for those who didn't see it, Lando had a coming together, I think it's turn three as, as early as that. Well, Lewis, yeah. Well, Lewis. Well, the front two, the front two checked up because they'd been around the first corner side by side, you know, as Max sorted out uh, the attack from uh, who was attacking. Uh, from Lewis, of course, Fine. yeah, from Lewis. No, oh, Carlos, Carlos, yes, Carlos, Carlos, Carlos. So they all checked up and he ran to the back of him. Um, so, yeah, Lewis got up from fourth to second, didn't he? And George from 12th to third. Whereas Perez, we're talking about Perez. I mean, we must compliment Max, by the way, before our favourite Dutch commenter. On our <laughs> I'm fed up of saying uh, a Max Masterclass, because he is. He's just in a different <laughs> level. But my goodness, he's smug. At the end of that radio message, he, oh my goodness, he's smug. He's the first. When things don't go his way, he's screaming and shouting like a little petulant child. And he was so... You're upsetting. Scared. You're upsetting our Dutch person. No, it doesn't matter. Comments just telling, every telling time. We say I every know. week, what a masterclass. He's easy. Yeah. He, He's on a different. We level. did it, boys. Yeah, but he he did, you know, he did run well with some tires that were, you know, worn out and stuff. But it's, yeah, the whole thing was under control from the word go, wasn't it? But Sergio Perez, right? I'm going to be very controversial because I know he's a likable character and he's had a couple of wins. He's sort of out of nowhere. He did nothing, then he came back. Um, but I think he's got to go. I think Rebel have got to get rid of him. He's just not. Good We've enough. talked about this, you know, two he's or three times this enough. year. I know. He's, but it's uh, such a difficult thing with these manufacturers' points, isn't it? They're desperate to keep, have someone that's got a safe pair of hands. Ben, ben Serge at the moment isn't a very checko, isn't a very um, safe pair of hands, you know, because he's throwing it off. He's not scoring points for the team. But who do you put in? Ricardo sitting there in the Red Bull shirt. Liam Lawson. Liam Lawson. He could be a. Ah, Ricca- Ricardo's, not, he, Ricardo's not the right person to, to, to get in, in my opinion. He's just. Then you're risking big. a rookie. You know, I know he's leading the Japanese championship. He's done Formula 2 for a couple of years. You know, he's a faithful Red Bull uh, protege. Although, but then surely the idea is you should take Yuki. But, but, because he's leading Red Bull speed team driver. Yuki's no? not doing himself any favours. Every time he gets on the radio, he's complaining to his... The team yeah. is saying, Yuki, could you protect the tyres? You want me to crash? You want me to crash? Like, Yuki, ch- chill out, man. <laughs> but who do you get? That's the million-dollar question, because none of the rookies are doing particularly well. Pista- uh, um, 
uh, Sergeant, uh, who are the three rookies? Nick, the uh, Freeze, and they've got in Formula Two, they've got Wassa. No, 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 I mean, in Formula One, the three that oh, yeah. come in, uh, the three rookies. So, so maybe you, you keep it. Surely no one's going to do as badly as, as Sergio Perez, as, as Checo. Well, I, so surely... worry, I think they worry about breaking a young driver's mm. um, brains. If they put Liam Lawson in and he's a second slower in qualifying, you know, than, than Max. And that, but I mean, you know, Piastri's shown that if you've got this talent, this idea that, you know, it's, you struggle in Formula One. Piastri didn't race for a year and he's happily shadowing uh, Lando at a very respectable pace, you're almost right at the same pace. So I would go for Liam Lawson. 100%. I like getting these young drivers a chance, but yeah, you worry the like Gasly and like um, who else fell, fell in? Who followed Gasly in? It would ruin Albon. their whole... Oh, Albon. You know, like Albon and Gasly, it might sort of shatter their, their their confidence as it were because Max will be quicker than you. Um, Max, yeah, gonna be quicker than, Max is going to be quicker than pretty much anybody. I don't think they're anyone mm. even in the same car. And maybe Max wants... Checo, because maybe he just wants to show well, he likes Checo, how yeah. bloody good he is. Well, does he like Checo? They had a big well, yeah, falling out last year, didn't they? They did. Have a big... And he didn't let him uh, win. The track looked better with the two fast corners ending the lap, but didn't really change overtaking. Barstone is still a nightmare. Um, and the, the trouble is, you know, it's all this the downforce. Because when they go through those fast corners, the front left tyre, I think it's got like sort of two tons of two tons of weight on it with the downforce and the weight of the car itself. Two tons being forced to go flat out through a corner at 160, 70 miles an hour. Um, it's, you know, I'm still obviously disappointed with regulations. You know, I mean, we're stuck with them for two more years, but uh, they're not really creating overtaking until the till the tyres are different. And then you get that, you get tyre differentiation so you can go through the fast corner. In the first lap, they were all, I think after about two laps, it was like one and a half seconds between each of the first six cars. They just dropped back. Um, it was quite interesting in the end to say I mean, it was quite a battle out front. It was stretched out. The, from sixth place, which was um, Lance Stroll, who was about 20 seconds behind Science in fifth, down to Yuki in 12th. So that's seven cars. We're all covered by 12 seconds. So they were all going around in a close-ish formation. Yeah, but did, and, I, did, and I loved the... Um, are you going to tell me the commentary? Fernando, Fernando, oh. when he started catching um, Lance. Now, don't worry. Don't, I'm not going to overtake your son. No, it's all right. I'm just closing up because I don't want the pack behind me coming too close with it. Don't worry. Well, I'll wave at the crowd now. I'm not going to overtake your boy. Don't don't worry, everybody. He was he was nowhere to no. be seen, actually, Alonso. He's been so solid. All, all... Well, he did his floor, didn't he? He did his floor. Exactly. I don't know when he did he his floor. Was that he, went over, he went onto the gravel quite hard. Was that uh, in Q1? Did he fin do that final... Final, it was Q1 final. Um, and then he course. suffered all the way through. Because he only qualified, where he qualified, um, where it was now. He was, I don't know where he came he from. Was he was eighth well Stroll was seventh and he was eighth. Eighth, yeah. Yeah. Was, was yeah quite... Stroll was fifth on the grid, wasn't he? Stroll was Stroll fifth, fifth on the was grid. He, I beg your pardon. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, talking of the last few laps, bloody Crofty. I know he's paid to make it entertaining, but he's, the fuss they were making on Sky Sports about Sergio Perez Three laps to go, four and a half seconds behind. This is going to be nail-biting. It's going to go down to the wire. And every lap, they're doing this countdown. There's only you know, there's, there's two laps left. And there's basically, George Russell finished 3.4 seconds ahead of yeah. Gecko. So all this fuss they're annoying, making, man, he's going to well. catch him. Oh, no. and it's well, it's been a most... boring race. That's what you have to do. It's a boring race. You have to shout a lot. And then, then people think it's exciting. My other crofty uh, bugbear was on lap one. He said, that is the worst possible opening lap for Lando Norris. 
Well, actually, it's not because if he crashed his car, he was beached, and he had to anyway. So uh, it's a, it's a quite dramatic sometimes. Yes, he was still in the race, Lando. It wasn't the worst. Possible. It wasn't the worst possible. It wasn't. It was. It's pretty awful, but it wasn't <laughs> the worst possible. <laughs> anyway, I do love Crofty, and I do love the Sky Sports commentary because it is hard when you're there. And there's just non-stop relentless with the the figures. And Martin Brundle's uh, grid walk is just class. He just does that time and time again. Really? I still haven't got to bother him with that. To oh, be you I'm should sorry. watch it. All right, all right. right. Let's get back Promise. to the racing. Standout driver for you. I mean, yeah, Max Verstappen yet again. Lewis yeah. and Mercedes. Well, George, I think George for me. Yeah, well, obviously, right. Max, but George Russell, I think. I love the bit when he thought it was rainy. Yeah. <laughs> and it turned out his sweat was coming off and hitting the inside of his visor. Uh, <laughs> George, gorgeous, some... gorgeous George. So yeah. uh, he sweats like the rest of us. <laughs> but it was it, I thought it was quite an entertaining race given forget Max out front that was a, that yeah. was a given um, but I thought it was quite an entertaining I thought there was plenty going on not many overtakes but uh, well, it's just George on. George's recovery was about the only thing that was happening really Good. anyway a Formula 2 of course down in Spain as well and Ollie Behrman our oh, Ollie wow. Britain's Ollie uh, 18 now uh, just the most complete race almost Max Verstappen like um, when he first started Formula 2, he's a rookie in Formula 2, of course. He did Formula 3 last, last year in one races, but he he, he burnt his tyres out early. You know, they, have to, they have to run the two sets of tyres in, in the main race. But this time, when he had pole position, and pulled out a four-second lead on the soft tyres, managing the tyres really well so he could run them longer than anyone else. He looked really classy, oh, really mature. Really, really I mean, classy. obviously, he's in the best team. He's always had to be very careful. Prima. Sometimes you can, you can really rave about a driver. And Ollie, I'm raving about. And the, but I would say the best drivers do tend to get into the best teams. And uh, just Frederick Vesti is his um, seasoned campaign, his uh, um, teammate. I mean, he only qualified ninth, I think it was, but got the reverse grid and came to the win the reverse grid race. So Prima actually won both races. Um, so remind me, did, did Ollie win the Autosport Award? Did it? No, he's never won it. So I've got it. to find a judge because he was beaten and boasted. He's beaten by Zach O'Sullivan. And um, who won it this year? Was it Taylor Barnard? Or no, it wasn't. It was Luke Browning won it this year. And Ollie was in that competition both years. And both years he was beaten by a more who, talented Who are the judges British for the driver. Autosport Award? I guess they're Autosport people, are they? No, no, there's all sorts of racing oh, okay. drivers. Um, Why aren't you on the panel? Derek Warwick, I think, is the lead panel because he's a BID, well, former BRDC man. I did it once, but no, I'd probably be too controversial upset someone. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a tremendous... I mean, Ollie has to be now, you know... Oh, coughing. I'm coughing. I'm going to cough for Ollie. Where's my microphone? Coughing. <clears throat> um, he has to be Britain's next Grand Prix driver. You know, as far as I'm concerned, he will be Britain's... He's a Ferrari protégé, so could he be Ferrari 2025? Could he be Haas 2024? Haas, Ferrari, Ollie. In tempting, I'd love that's to exciting. See that that's exciting that we we got somebody on the yeah, you know, to somebody well, on in the Formula top. Three. We've got four of them, so we've got yeah. one in, only one driver in Formula Two who, who dominated that race is now a championship contender, very much so. Um, but in Formula Three, I I, I tried to gloss over reverse grid wins because I'm not a big fan of them because <laughs> you get given a win because you're twelve fastest. But it just so happened that reverse race grid had two Brits on the front row. But they finished first and second. Zach O'Sullivan leading Luke Browning home. So uh, that was good for Britain, although I don't see them as great race wins. Um, in the main race, the, the main man was the pole position man, Pepe Marti, the, the Spanish boy, local, came dominated from the start. 
Uh, Zach got up to eighth from 12th. Isn't that hard to progress in Formula 3? Luke Browning, he was out in the first lap, so he didn't get much further. The other Brits, Taylor Barnard, qualified second on the, in qualifying, but dropped to ninth, didn't go so well. Johnny Edgar, 15th. Oliver Gray, 18th. Um, and he was two spots ahead of Sylvia Flersch, the young lady who's bravely trying to go sing. Now, this is actually, to be fair to Sophia, or is it Sophia? I remember it's Sophia or Sophia. Sophia, probably. Um, yeah. Is teams, because she is in the dogs team. So she was the quickest. She finished 20th, but she was the leading uh, member of the, it's the, it's the Charouge team. And they qualified 26, 27 and 28. So you can't imagine they, they've sort of accidentally got the three worst drivers. And so it is still, even in Formula 3 when they're identical cars, there is this worry that if you don't get a good team, you'll look bad. So it's you can't write people off sometimes when they're mid-pack in Formula 2 or Formula 3 as, as not being quick enough because, you know, maybe if they had the Prima drive, they could be winning. It's it's a, a hidden mystery that annoys me, but uh, something you should always be aware of. Absolutely. So it was an amazing weekend in Spain. Um, lots going on. Lots going Formula on. Just, just on just on the Formula 1, um, Gunter Steiner, he got a reprimand for his scathing comments with uh, uh, on the stewards the week before. Did you oh, the Mercedes that? physios have been fined for going into the part Ferme or something. Wrong procedure. Naughty. Rushing in with water or something. They've had people. fines today. Cost them money. Are you allowed to call yeah. everybody people now? Or have you got to say naughty? No, people. People will do. I'm sure you'll all be people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure these days. So, uh, is that enough for Spain, or do you want it? We could go on and on and on, but uh, we, no, we, I think that was we've enough. Got a we've got to lots, go lots, lots to go through. You talk about race excitement, and there's always this comparison with IndyCar. A lot of people are raving about the Detroit race, but actually, for once, I'm not going to rave on too much about IndyCar because they went to this new Detroit track. And it was just a classic American city layout where they have all their roads are at 90 degrees. So it just had about 10, 20, 90 degree corners. And they were all, bar one, first gear. Now, I just, I'm just, I can't oh, get that's excited that's so, about so a race. So dull. And then, and then, inevitably. I'm not dull if they were driving it. I mean, it was really narrow and they were bucking and bronking and bumping. But then you get people lunging every time there's first gear corners. There was lots lunge, of that. Lots. That's entertaining if they keep on hitting each other. <laughs> but however, I have to. We talk about drivers for Formula One. Now, nobody would put risk in Formula One, but some Formula One teams have got to start looking across the pod to this Alex Palau, this Spanish yeah. boy, who was champion in 2021. Um, and he was on pole for Indy and was leading the Indianapolis 500, but he had a clash in the pit lane, which dropped him back to finish fourth. Then he goes from Indy at 230 miles an hour to Detroit, and he's on pole in Detroit. And he dominated the race. And he's always, he's, I always call it Alan Prost-like. Yeah. He never looks quick. He's one of these drivers that just seems to be sublime. Je and everybody Jensen else is, was similar, wasn't he? Very, yeah, very Jensen smooth. Button very yeah. on that stuff. And, you know, I just don't, you know, he's 26 years old. You know, he did have that thing last year. Remember, he, he's a Chip Ganassi driver. Ganassi brought him in from Japan, where he won the Japanese Super Formula, where we've got um, Liam Lawson um, driving at the moment. Um, but he tried to leave and go to McLaren in the middle of last year with the potential Grand Prix drive as a sort of end of the maybe IndyCar McLaren then go to a thing. But then Ganassi said, you're in a contract with me. So anyway, he lost that McLaren deal. So he's now firmly back at Ganassi. But, you know, I, if I was a Formula One team, I would be seriously trying to get that man's name on a signature. 
because he just looks and he's so fit and healthy. Yeah, he just finishes this two hours around this horrendous street, so back in a bronchi, and he just is a perfect interview. Um, he's the real deal. Uh, Will twenty twenty six is not young anymore. No, he's mature. He's yeah. done racing. He's won Super Formula in Japan. He's won IndyCar Championship. Um, but, oh, he hasn't driven the Pirelli tyres. He wouldn't know how to manage oh, the tyres. It's all about tyre management. And, and the commentaries now, although in Formula 3, he's got these in the right window. They've got in the tyre temperature window. I get so bored of being told about managing tyres. I'm sure a really talented driver like Alex could sort that out. But you get you get but you get Max Verstappen in any car. He's going to drive it, and well, he's going to he's going to yeah. get the best out of the car. Forget managing the tires. I mean, it's just it's all such a load of rubbish. Like the commentators, so Detroit entertaining. Want to make it exciting? <laughs> um, I think I think uh, Lando should get get out of his contract with. Um, uh, I'm sure he's go, trying. Go over sure to Red Bull. Trying. You imagine that. You imagine Lando because they get on well, but that would be quite controversial for Max because he because to see if we Lando have... re- we think he's a real deal, but would he be the real deal in the best? Yes, part? I think he they would. They ought to have they ought to have football style transfer fees. I think it would be more. much better. You know, okay, <laughs> you know, yeah. we'll pay 100 million for Lando. You know, hundred. What's what's the record football transfer fee? Over a hundred more million, now. Yeah, a bit, but what what happens with football? For those of you who don't know, um, uh, what happens with football is, of course, they'll have a signing on fee. Then they'll have salary as well, and their salary will be well, yeah. you know, two million a, a week or something ridiculous. Like um, uh, Ronaldo will be on in Saudi Arabia, and Messi will <laughs> but be doing great the same publicity. Ferrari yeah, put in yeah. bid for for things. Yeah. Um, there was a good battle at the end. Lots of um, pace cars just finished Detroit. Philly, uh, Rosenqvist barged past his teammate Alexander Rossi from two McLaren drivers. There was a bit of fun. I just finished off that. Rosenqvist. What happened with Indy, Indy Lights? Uh, I saw Jamie. Well, Indy Lights said two poles for Louis Foster, this British driver that's doing so well in America. Amazing. But had an awful year. Yeah. He got first race down to turn one hairpin. His teammate was right in his gearbox and decided to break later than Louis. In fact, Louis was right in front of him and just punted Louis off. Uh, the second race, he started on pole again, but he, the race pace wasn't there. I think if he'd done the first race, he would have had more experience in racing traffic, the, the tactics. Um, so he dropped a third. Uh, Jamie Chadwick was out there. Doing better. She's about three rows from the back. Get it, about Qualified about 14th or 15th, I think. And survived the first race, picked up places. I think she finished 11th, I think, in the first race. Uh, the second race, she was in the pits first lap. I think she had some contact with someone. So... She's trying hard, Jamie, but she can still drive. not getting up. Still not getting up the right end of the field yet. She can drive. It's a tough, tough field out there, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know where they are next, but where are they next? Indy, Indy lights in Indy, America Indy, somewhere. Indy. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the end of the month. So one of the, of the, month the fifty somewhere. states, probably oh, not Road Hawaii America. or Alaska. It's road America. It's magnificent. Road America next to the end of the month. The greatest road course in the world with every type of corner and the most fabulous scenes. Good. Okay, let's um, go to let's go World to Rally Sardinia World Rally Sardinia. Have you ever been there? Tiff, ever been Sardinia? No, no. Oh. Sounds like a good holiday place. It was a mud bath though. Sardinia. It's right down opposite Italy, isn't it? Sardinia. Yeah, I have been to Sardinia. I've been to Sardinia. Yes, got, they got that, they got that sort of pirates flag, which I quite like the look yeah, of. It's a big, big, big island. Uh, but it was mayhem, rally mayhem. It was a survivor of the fittest sort of rally. Only four of the World Rally Championship cars finished reasonably well. Elford Evans, who was fourth, was five and a half minutes off the pace. Um, it was all about the water splashes and the rain. 
Um, there were a couple of water splashes anyway with normal rivers, but they got deeper. And they were, Ogier was leading. Sebastian Ogier having another one of his one offish, well, occasional, but it's becoming less than, it's becoming more consistent. Now he hit his radiator too hard. He's going too fast. And they damage the radiators, they flood the car. Uh, and then worse still for Ogier, he, he had a puncture just before the stage. I think he was still he was still just in the lead at this stage, despite his radiator problems. And he had to change the wheel. It was all mud everywhere. And then about the fourth or fifth quarter into the next stage, his foot went through the pedals between clutch and brake, or brake and throttle. And he just sailed off. Luckily, he wasn't going that quick. And he got stuck on a cliff edge. And, and he was out of the rally, killed him off. Um, so things you have to think of clean your shoes before you drive your rally car so Escabacalapi um, <laughs> who was chasing in the Hyundai took the lead but he saw um, saw Seb teetering on the cliff so he backed off thinking okay I'm leading now but his teammate Thierry Nouvelle didn't know about this so he was still flat out and he overtook <laughs> Escabacalapi they had they had a formation finish then first and second for, for Hyundai's which they haven't won I think since last November so I think Nouvelle's now up to about second in the championship as well, uh, chasing Robin Pera. So it's all tight up there. You taught me that with because well, uh, we get plenty of rain in the UK racing. You taught me that with those little slip-on rubber yeah, shoes. Yes, slip-on rubber on, shoes. Over your have race some boots. of those in the rally car. Yeah, but, there you go. When they try to change a wheel in a minute, they probably haven't got time to get yeah. their little slip-on cover shoes on. Yeah. So it was Toyota's third and fourth, uh, Robin Pera leading Evans. Um, sadly, Gus Greensmith, our WRC2 British Challenger, he had a big shunt, he was out. So was Oliver Solberg, who's uh, also been out the front dominating WRC2 with Gus. So fifth overall and winner of WRC2 was Andreas Mickelson from Skoda, used to be in the World Rally Championship proper. So a bit of a mucky survival of the fittest, but a very happy um, Hyundai team. Good. Um, WEC, we go from WRC to WEC, and that was... That was testing oh, at Le Mans. Uh, Ryan Cullen was there. Was I there. want to be there. I'm not going to be there. I want to be there. <laughs> Did you see our video? Did you watch our video behind the scenes? You didn't even know it was coming out. I'm sorry. But we, yes, we... I've been retweeting your Porsche story, which so, everyone should now watch and so follow. Tiff, Tiff did an amazing Porsche Group C story, 40 years of uh, Porsche, and it tells about uh, Tiff's history. Um, but that's for TV, so we can't show you that. But it was, it was such a shame to not show you anything on that day or those couple of days because it was so special. So we did a little bit of a behind-the-scenes. Your scene. version. Yeah. Well, not yeah, I want to copyright. You reuse my opening script, which I've written. I noticed that. I noticed that. I want a, I want a credit for that one. Now have a look. If you haven't seen it, please do have yeah. a look. But of course, it's a week of Le Mans. Le Mans coming up this weekend. So they've been doing – they've all been out there testing and having New fun. Le Mans. Well, it's all kicking off because it's all getting very exciting because they said they wouldn't change the balance of power before Le Mans. They said it was fixed from the last race or whatever. But all of a sudden, fait accompli, and boom, they gave Toyota 37 kilograms, Ferrari 24 kilograms, Cadillacs 11 kilograms, Porsche 3 kilograms, 3, just 3, and Peugeot were left at the same weight because Peugeot had been at the back of the field all year. So because of, of that upset. wing, it's going to come into play now. That lack no, of wing. because the wingless wonder that everyone thought would be brilliant, I've been saying all along it won't work. They've all been saying, oh, when they get to Le Mans, the wingless one will work. Well, the Persia was seventh fastest. Yeah. And it was so close. I mean, I mean, obviously, people don't like balance of powers, well, especially Toyota don't. But I mean, the Ferrari were quickest on a 29.5, Porsche was second, a tenth slower. Toyota were moaning about this extra weight were third, 
0.2 slower. This is a three and a half minute lap. And the top three are covered by 0.3. Unbelievable. Um, who are the, who was who next are... after Toyota? Then after Toyota, the Peugeots were, were next, and the Cadillacs were behind the Peugeots. See, I don't get all this weight and power uh, handicapping because if you give if you give a spec of a this is the spec, and you've got to follow that spec, and if you have a brilliant engineering team like Red Bull that follow the spec and nail it, they should be rewarded. I don't yeah. get all this handicapping. Well, I know, I agree, in, in Formula 1, it shouldn't happen, but in, in GTs, it's worked so well in GT3. Okay. And it's sort of, they say to manufacturers, well, look, we'll, we'll make you level. If you come in, yeah. you know, we'll give you a chance to win. So it's really the carrot to get the teams there. GT3 is so entertaining. You know, even if you've got a BMW beating a Ferrari, it looks weird on the track, but, you know, that's what happens. So it's, it's a question of whether you want the racing to be, you know, brilliant but you, even if you know it's a bit staged, but you know, once the the racing stage, it will be so good. I mean, there are sixteen hypercars testing now. This new Amazing. formula from they they look four so, last year. Oh. so good. So how many we've got? We've got sixteen hypercars from what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven manufacturers. Any next standout year, drivers? Next, no. Only Mike Conway crashed his Toyota. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. Sorry. <laughs> but next year. year we've got BMW. Acura, stroke Honda, Alpine, Lamborghini, and maybe even this weird Isotta Francini. So we could have 12 manufacturers, two cars each, 24 cars minimum, and that's three drivers, that's um, 48. Um, um, that's a lot of drivers, 72 <laughs> professional drivers being paid to race. I mean, it's wonderful for the driver's world, as Group C was, which, of course, was the decade which we talk about with the Porsche film, that gave so many people like me, you know, a chance to win a more a paid job. I love what so Derek so Bell excited. said on that video, actually. I don't you probably haven't seen that before, um, because I did a couple of little interviews with the guys yeah. and, and he said if it wasn't for Porsche, he you wouldn't know who he was. Uh, yeah. he, they gave, gave they gave him that opportunity and it's and it, it's sort of the hairs on the back of your neck stand up really. And you, yeah. you see life's all about serendipity and sliding doors and everything, isn't it? But he certainly had his um break with Porsche. Yeah, so very jealous of all of you that booked in for Le Mans. Have a wonderful yes. weekend. Um, from one extreme to the other, Formula E, another world championship, another world championship in Indonesia, very hot. Jakarta. Jakarta. Yeah. And it was, it's weird, Formula E, it's weird. It was well, dull racing. It was, they almost said they were flat out. Certain circuits just seemed, sometimes they're all backing off, trying to not lead. And then, then all of a sudden you get Jakarta circuit which I couldn't tell why it was any different. Really hot. And also certain powertrains that dominated, like Jaguar, also with their Envision co-B team that have been dominating with the championship leader, you know, um, where's my name's championship leader? You know him. Dum, 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 dum. Can't find it. Nick Cassidy, of course. Nick Cassidy. They all qualified right down the back, Jaguar. And uh, it was Maserati and uh, Porsche that Porsche, had the right. Yeah had the right computer program so we had two pretty processional races to be honest um but the big headline really was max gunter winning for maserati on the second day so maserati winning um was quite a thing it's the first single seater race they won since 1957 wow uh, how's, your, how's your maserati from the handy group oh my maserati i'm a maserati man i was waving the italian flag when i saw uh, gunter winning <laughs> Maserati um, are a very unusual brand to be uh, going pushing electric uh, racing. Really must have, someone must have come knocked on the door and said, you know, 
Been a, I mean, it's been good for them now they've won. It wasn't good for them when they're the back of the grid, but uh, interesting. So Very the other highlight highlight of the weekend was that Sam Byrne once again knocking his Jaguar teammate Mitch Evans off the road. Which I mustn't laugh because it uh, wasn't a very good thing for Sam to have done um, twice. Uh, so any argy bargy afterwards or not? No, there was nothing really. I mean, Mitch Evans. So Mitch Evans, who's a, I think one of the star drivers of Formula E, so he was struggling with his Jaguar, not helped in race one by his teammate. They were dicey over eighth or ninth place as well, um, but he got into third place in race two. But he just didn't have the energy, the reserve energy. His computer program wouldn't work. What a load of talk. But because it, because there's such tight tracks, he managed to back up everybody. I think the front two were like 20 seconds ahead of him in race three, race two. But he got into third place and he just backed them up. Because when it's tight and twisty, you just go off and just coast and coast and regen and regen. They can't get by you. So then when you get to the straight, you can have full power, the same as they've all got. So they can't get you past you on the straight. And even the attack mode, the only overtaking that happened when people peel off the wrong line off to get the attack mode and they lose a couple of places. But it's how ridiculous attack mode is. Someone had a puncture on the first lap of the first race. So the strategist is on the radio saying, right, take a time attack and pit for a new tyre. So literally, they want to get rid of these time attacks. The time attacks are something they don't want to use because they lose places coming off, and they don't give you enough extra power to really get back a place. So, so should still... we be looking for Checo Perez's replacement in Formula E? Because there's some phenomenal drivers there. <laughs> oh, I'm going to cough again. <clears throat> well, long as Jake Dennis. Yeah. So Jake Dennis with Andretti with his Porsche power. He had two second places, and he's back in the in the championship now. Good. Um, Pascal Verlein for Porsche won the first race, now leads the championship. But one point ahead of Jake Dennis uh, and Nick Cassidy that had been leading the championship was now five points behind. So it's quite exciting for championship-wise. They've only got five races left. One in uh, America London, where they get to Portland. London. Yeah, two in two in Rome and two in uh, London. And it's all finished by the end of July, Formula E. But it's an exciting points battle and it's brilliant now that Maserati are winning. I think Formula E is great. <laughs> Hendy Motor Group, Maserati. Go to Hendy Performance <laughs> down in Pool and get your order in. Have a Maserati Ghibli like I've got on load at the moment, which is a uh, lovely, lovely car. Let's go to two wheels, World Superbikes in Italy. They've got a bit boring. See, this Bautista boy, won three again in his Ducati. He's now won a record-breaking 14 out of the first 15 races, which is pretty demoralising. Yet again, Tom Prack, Raz Gaglione on his Yamaha had... Uh, well, one third place in two seconds, that's sort of the same. But Jonathan Ray, that used to be the, the other one of the three, is dropping back at a two-fifths and a fourth in his Kawasaki. So Ray's not winning anymore. And in fact, he's now fourth in the championship behind Italy's Andrea Locatelli, another Yamaha man. Actually, funnily enough, I met the, um, the boss of Ducati Motorsport, was in Indy 500 with us because Graham Rahal has a Ducati dealerships in Indianapolis and he was a guest yeah. of Graham Rahal, as I was. And I asked him why, you know, the, 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 there isn't another Ducati rider or another Yamaha rider that can, that can match uh, Bautista or um, Locatelli, not like Razgat Diogu. And he just, he really just basically said that the depth of talent just isn't there. You know, the real talents in MotoGP and, uh, you know, Superbikes is, is a bit of a second-rate formula slightly, even though Ducati are dominating. And it's just there aren't enough good riders. 
But he says they're very tricky things to ride, because they're full of traction controls and trick stuff, and you have to have experience to learn how to get the best out of them. So um, I know a good driver is a good driver, but sometimes you you drive something different than you have, and you really just warm to it, and just it clicks, everything clicks. Yeah. So, yeah, it's maybe, yeah, well, so we've got our champion, Bradley Ray, the British champion, yeah. and he's uh, done 15th or something. He's on the same. I said to the Ducati guy, are these privateers getting the same bikes? He said, yeah, you know, they all have the same Ducatis. And, um, you know, Bradley's got the same Yamaha, one assumes, but apparently it's this transition. So I think in British superbikes, they don't have traction control. They don't have a lot of the scientific bits, the um, anti-wheelie, all the bits and tricks. So they're tricky, they're tricky bikes by the sounds of it to get the most out of. But anyway, I'm getting bored saying an Alvaro Bautista. It's like Max Verstappen. I, I know one thing you don't get bored of on two wheels, um, and we, we'll cover it quickly, but uh, and they don't have anti-wheelie, the Isle of Man TT race. Whoa, what is going on there? <laughs> have you seen the John McGuinness coming up, buddy, doing a wheelie that? 200 miles an hour and bring it back. I can't believe, I can't believe it. And it's not like it's on a track with runoff. If they fall off at 200 miles an hour, they're going to hurt themselves very badly. <laughs> but in the Isle of Man, you're dead. It's as simple as well, that. Two, I mean, two tweeters I've been racing four-wheel fans. Tim Harvey's out, was out there for a week. He rode out on his bike and just, they're all tweeting pitch. And um, who was Chris Harris, Harris well. is out yeah. there. Harris is out there tweeting away. You know, they're all just blown away. And I, I've been there once. You know, you do just, you just can't believe it's it. A, it's, a, it's a bucket list, but I'd want to be behind one of those big, thick walls. <laughs> oh, well, they're still wouldn't... racing. They're still racing another week because there's two weeks worth of racing. Michael yeah, Dunlop's just Dunlop's equaled. Just... Um, and they just equaled the record now for number yeah. of wins in a certain classes. And, a, and uh, yeah, 130. 435 miles an hour average speed. It just just yeah. blows my mind. It really does. So we'll <laughs> Luckily, you... the weather's beautiful. It's yeah, we'll give you a great. full update on Isle of Man next week because there's still bits and pieces going on now. Yeah, lots uh, all the big events, the races to come. Yeah. Uh, NASCAR in St. Louis. Yeah, yeah. NASCAR, Kyle won again, but it was the wrong Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> it was Kyle Bush that dominated the race. my line. Gateway. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Kyle Larson, who I obviously follow him, up. he had an awful. It's amazing, that's because it's a four hour race, three hour race. And he was at the back, just that 21st, 20, 32nd car wouldn't turn and understeer in, oversteer out, or push in, loose out, whatever they want to say. But every time they stop, they tweak and tweak and tweak. And he's with such a good team. And he did end up, you know, in the lead briefly, I think, at the front row. Um, it was a story of exploding discs or rotors, sorry, rotors to our American viewers, listeners. Um, it's frightening, isn't it? I think that's about four people, just the front disc explodes when it overheats too much or they hit the wall hard. So quite a few cautions toward the end, uh, but Carl Bush held off the pack. Carl Larson got his way back to fourth. He was vying for third on the last lap. Um, he finished fourth, another Chevy, and in the Chevy sandwich were Denny Hamlin, Toyota, and Joey Logano and a Ford. So an entertaining race at Gateway, except the crowd had to wait two hours. For what? For a lightning strike. They're uh, amazing Americans. Yeah, they're they are, so yeah. I don't know why, because like the golf course, Hooter goes, mm. they're off. But the spectators are all standing out in the fields. <laughs> <laughs> and the, they had a massive crowd at Gateway in a metal grandstand. They didn't evacuate uh. the grandstands. I mean, what are they scared of and why do they stop? doing it and not evacuate the whole area. It's a weird thing, it's lightning. 
That is weird. Are they not Earth because they're sitting on a grandstand? It's just become a health and safety. It's obviously a health and safety insurance problem in America or something. If the lightning is nearby, you, you, you stop being sporty, but you don't evacuate your crowd. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so was it one to remember or one to forget? Well, how did, how did that, that was good race. It's good, solid race. Good, solid race. How many out of 10 entertainment value? Uh, it was only on six, six or seven. Nothing overly dramatic. Six or seven, that's quite high. But, yeah. I've that's never seen a NASCAR it? race ever in my life with a six or seven. <laughs> uh, uh, from, from, from four wheels in America back to four wheels in Europe, um, the GT boys, the Fanatec World, whatever, 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 sponsored by was done. The Paul Ricard, six hours. 57 cars. I'm telling you about GT, you know, balance of power, making a sport popular. 57 cars in a six-hour race. Ended up in Mercedes 1-2, who beat the... Um, the BMWs have been winning recently, but they came third with one of the British driver, or Nick Yellerly, who's one of the stars of GT3. Unfortunately, however, with 57 cars starting, there's obviously sometimes a bit of crowding on the first lap, <laughs> and a certain Lamborghini run by my brother's team, Barwell, <laughs> driven by... Mr. Rob Collard got stuffed <laughs> off into the barriers halfway around the first mm. lap. You've got three drivers. You've got the other two drivers. The drivers all bring sponsorship with one driver's professional to bring money. To, and it's just so depressing if you get... But I tell you what, watch, I just watched that first lap or two to see what happened. Um, it's this bizarre thing that these stupid super safe circuits actually create more accidents by being too super safe. Yeah. Because the opening lap, the cars were just yeah. half on the track. Half. They yeah. were cutting corners. They were just they did the same in Barcelona. Corner. They did the same in Barcelona because you know you can go three or four wide and if Way you work, wide. But yeah, yeah, but off the track, there are yeah. three or four. They're all going in three you wide. You can't bloody they... do that around Singapore or Mon Monte Carlo. No. You, you, so because the they all have over. this yeah. false confidence that, you know, oh, well, we've got plenty of room. But, you know, the poor old Rob Gollard just got turned into and turned around and into the barrier backwards. I know. I, um, Ricard doesn't do it for me. It's just, it's too soulless, uh, in my opinion. Uh, tell me the Barwell colours. What colours do they race in? Your black. The black bull whiskey. A whiskey. Good. Like the whiskey. I like the beer team, the Ducati beer team in British Superbikes, followed by the Barwell black whiskey, uh, Scottish whiskey team. Nice. Not that I'm an alcoholic or anything, but, you know, it's just <laughs> social, social drinking, social drinking. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, so GT's there. And finally, the last thing was back home, back home in Britain, the BT's well, the glorious. East and West Dean, just around the corner sure, from yes. those two little villages. They probably saw the Red Arrows going over. Yeah. Thought, what are they going over? Not come, the the Faxon would probably say, no, we're over here. But I wonder you if they did see... the same thing, because that would have been... They might have passed yeah. Thruxton. Yeah, were they? Yeah. Let us know below in the comments below. Did the Red Arrows go over Thruxton? One thing I know and, they do... One thing I know they do, the Red Arrows, which is just phenomenal. So the Red Arrows, if you're listening from... Uh, from another country is like the Tricolori in the in Italy, uh, the Blue Angels in America. Is that Possibly. what they call it? Yeah, Jet but anyway, team. Thunderbirds, Thunderbirds in America. So um, display team and RAF, and they are phenomenal. So if they say they're going to go over Westine, country fate at three minutes past one, they will go they past will. at three minutes past one. It's phenomenal. It's just, yeah, and you always see them good with festival speed, which is a... Uh, which is a pleasure as well. All everyone with their neck up. So, how was Thruxton BTC? Well, yeah, a glorious day. Fastest race wonderful track in the huge UK. Crowd, fastest race track in where you too can passenger me around the fastest. <laughs> you book into thruxtonracing.co.uk. 
But the racing was a bit processional. I'm still worried about BTCC. I'm not sure. I mean, but, but, but worried mainly because Ash Sutton is just in the form of his life. He's got a car that move, his other teammates, his other teammates can't drive it as quick as him. He is the Max Verstappen of touring cars. Um, and he had two wins from pole position in the two normally the not reverse grid race. But it was all spread out at the front. I mean, there was so much entertainment in the mid pack, the mad pack in the middle, with Mr. Collard's young son was uh, part of the fun and games, causing chaos everywhere, as he always does. Wonderful, entertaining driver. But the first seven cars were the same order in race one and race two. I've never, I've done that. There must be a world history. Sutton first, Ingram second, Hyundai, Josh Cook third, Honda, J. Kill fourth, from the W, Dan Camish, the other Napa Ford fifth, Colin Turkin sixth. Rory Butcher seventh. Same result. First two races. Wow. So I know. All the way down top six. Tell me, um, talking about money seven, is, is, is seven. pretty... Seven. I okay. said seven. Seven, thanks. Uh, talking about money is pretty vulgar, but what would Ash Sutton earn doing that? Um, BTCC? I have no idea. Top, top driver BTCC. Let us know in the comments no. below. No idea what their salaries are, but it's not about money for him. I just He's just such an amazing talent. He's so quick. I would love to see him in something else. I'd love to but see funnily him. funnily enough, I was disappointed. The reverse grid race, which was won by another Napa Ford, uh, that of uh, Daniel Robot. Interesting shows how you can come through the day. He qualified only 14th in his Napa. Probably got some reasons why. But had a tyre problem in race one, so he finished 24th. We had to start race two. And he got from 24th to 11th in race two, which put him on the front row for the reverse grid, which he won. So the Napa cars won all three races. Um but yeah, you know, it's 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 madness. But I mean, the, the great the mini racing that was one of the because they have different support races this. No, weekend. they haven't got Ginetta anymore. They've got yeah, uh, no Ginetta. They have yeah. different ones. The, the Formula Four single seaters, good one for million McIntyre dominated the last race. The Porsches, of course, raced there. But I think the minis were the star of the day. There's one if you look on the videos. Um, it's on Twitter now. I've probably tweeted it. They come four abreast into the chicane, and the guy on the outside was just braked ridiculously late. And he just sticks the car sideways just to scram off speed. Then it was massive. Uh -huh. Of course, um, it was just entertaining. They all love the minis. Good stuff. So, um, an entertaining things, day. There's a couple of other things to um, uh, to cover as well. Um, well, actually, one other thing I want to cover because I love Caterham Racing, as do you. And the, the boys were over in Zandvoort. Oh, I say God, boys, I was... people, people. There were girls as well, people. I bet there was some beer drinking in Amsterdam involved as well. I bet, you know. Well, they've, they've stayed for a bit of a strategy meeting in Amsterdam for a couple of nights. So they're back They uh, did, did they? Back tomorrow, strategy. You know, so. yeah, yeah, a bit of a trip to the Caterham boys. Well, that all four classes went all the way to Zandvoort. No, the Academy didn't go. Academy didn't go. Um, I just, uh, it was. It, I, I think the highlight got to mention um, Don Mansperger in the 310s. He won all three races. So he, oh. in a way, a very happy boy. Back to Germany as a very happy boy. So, But the, they loved Zandvoort. Everyone I spoke to said they love Zandvoort. The, the Round the banking and a catering. Yeah, yeah they, they absolutely loved it. So, uh, yeah, good on them. Um, what about Joe? Where did Joe finish? We don't like to talk about Joe's results at the moment. He's not having the best uh, run, but um, he he opted instead of hitting someone, he opted for a big sausage curb, which pushed him off the track uh, on his last race. But it, so he finished last in the last race and sort of oh. mid mid to. Who won his two races then? Uh, well, it was it was again back to Fred and Fred Chidix and Charlie Lower. They're both doing incredibly well. But Mark Kendall, he had a win, his first ever win. So Mark was always fast. He's ex motorbike racing rider driver. Um, so he's always fast. We had his first win. And David Rook, 
got on the podium, but I've heard from someone that he might be having his place taken away, which, oh, poor David, because he really deserves a podium. He's What's been, he done? I don't know. I don't know. I was trying to find out before we recorded Ooh. this, but he... Um, uh, he wouldn't have been a naughty boy because he's a good boy. He's a, he's a good doctor, <laughs> the GP. Uh, and he's so fun, very fast. fun without a roof, Catrums. Fun with a roof, minis. This is where you can go for budget racing. You don't have to go and expend, well, it's still a lot of money, but it's not, uh, it's good value for money racing. Catrums or minis starring at the weekend. Still costs a lot of bloody money, any sort of racing. But yeah, it's, a, it, it's just good stuff to watch as well. Literally wheel to wheel. I think the top three in one race finished within a, couple of thousands a few thousands of each other so it's uh it's tight stuff uh what have we got coming up next week of course we got the one <laughs> which is going to be fantastic i'm very excited about that how much of that will you watch you watch a lot of it live yeah much as i can i'm, I'm yeah. taking passengers around thrux on the saturday if you want to be at thrux on the saturday or the friday i've still got some booking room available <laughs> um no, Are you what, just having your phone other... on the dashboard with, with um, <laughs> Le Mans playing as you're driving around with the passenger? I'll be following it closely. MotoGP uh, is perhaps probably the start of the star, big event. Danny Mugello. I mean, there's no better track for bikes. So that will be an epic uh, weekend of watching MotoGP and Mugello. And that's the only only other, that's it, as far as international racing, apart from the, of always NASCAR. But NASCAR is a road course down at Sonoma in California this weekend. Well, the interesting thing, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, that this Kiwi, the uh, Aussie supercar superstar, Shane Van Gisbergen, is going to be racing uh, quite a good car around Sonoma. So I'm expecting Shane to uh, be up at the front, maybe uh, upsetting a few of the uh, regular Americans. Well, we'll see if you... See and if of course, there's TT right. racing all week. Yeah, we'll see the TT racing. There's no Grand Prix, of course, Formula One. That goes to Canada in a couple of weeks' time. But there's still plenty of action for next week. So make sure you come and join us because we appreciate every view we get. The more is this weekend. It's not two weeks' time. They've got to be going now. It is this weekend, isn't it? I think get I your calendar know. out. Get your schedule out. Show the no. viewers that are watching on YouTube your it's, it's, calendar. It's not on my list. That's the whole point. It's not there. That's why I'm ch checking myself. <laughs> oh, you made me worry now. All this time talking about Le Mans. Well, come on. Who can tweet quick enough? Come on, come on, come on. Le Mans 2023 is Saturday 10th of June to Sunday 11th of June. Yes. Yeah. 3 p.m. Yeah, to no. 3 p.m. GMT, um, 3 p.m. No, BST, British Summertime. That's it. Open a After beer that. for me if you're at Le Mans. Open a beer for me or two. Help yeah, make the too. mountain of beer bottles. You stay there. I need to talk to you. I got, I got some gossip for you. We can't Good tell the gossip. rest of it. Cheer, everybody. <laughs> Let's see you.